European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 38, Issue 7, Focus Issue on Coronary Artery Disease, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. From epicardial coronary arteries to the coronary microcirculation, novel insights into a neglected issue. Alterations in the structure and function of large epicardial coronary arteries remain the most important causes of morbidity and mortality in most countries. While cardiologists focus on the angiographically visible part of the coronary circulation because it is easily accessible by current imaging modalities and interventional and surgical techniques, the microcirculation has been largely neglected. There are good reasons to focus future research efforts on the microcirculation. First, Patients with a clinical presentation of an acute coronary syndrome, or ACS, and non-obstructive coronary artery disease have an almost as bad an outcome as those with classical ACS. Second, non-obstructive coronary atherosclerosis is observed in up to 50% of patients with angina and positive stress test results undergoing diagnostic coronary angiography. And third, Takotsubo syndrome has been recognized as a microcirculatory ACS. These aspects are further expanded in a current opinion, the parallel tales of microvascular angina and heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, a paradigm shift, by Filippo Crea and colleagues from the Università Cattolica del Santo Cuore in Rome, Italy, reiterates that the prevalence of microvascular angina is higher than previously thought and associated with worse clinical outcomes than those observed in asymptomatic subjects with similar risk factor burden. They remind us that the diagnosis of microvascular angina is based on 1. Symptoms of myocardial ischemia 2. Absence of obstructive epicardial coronary artery disease 3 evidence of myocardial ischemia on non-invasive stress testing, and four, evidence of impaired coronary microvascular function. The clinical relevance of microvascular angina has been overlooked since the diagnostic tools for the evaluation of the microcirculation are infrequently utilized. A parallel tale could be proposed for heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, which the authors subsequently elaborate on to present a provocative hypothesis on the potential role of the microcirculation in heart failure with preserved ejection fraction. In a review entitled Coronary Microcirculation Pathophysiology, Can We Afford It to Remain in a Black Box? Axel R. Pries and colleagues from the Charité in Berlin, Germany, further discuss this issue and note that coronary microvascular networks indeed play a key role in determining blood flow distribution in the myocardium. Matching local blood supply to tissue metabolic demand entails continuous adaptation of coronary vessels via regulation of smooth muscle tone and structural adaptations. Despite an increasing number of clinical studies demonstrating the importance of microcirculatory dysfunction in collateral formation, ST-segment elevation myocardial infarction and microvascular obstruction, as well as certain forms of angina and heart failure as outlined above, overall the knowledge on the mechanisms involved and cause-effect relationships is still very limited. Numerous pathophysiological hypotheses for microvascular angina and heart failure with preserved ejection fraction have been suggested, 
but are not established to a degree allowing a clinically useful definition of nosological entities, stratification of affected patients, or the development of effective therapeutic strategies. The author suggests that this may be at least in part related to a steep decline in experimental animal studies in this area. The microvascular pathophysiology can only be investigated in the beating heart. The authors propose to use a concerted effort of coronary microvascular observatories to close this knowledge gap and to accelerate clinical progress in this area. To foster progress in the understanding of microvascular dysfunction at the clinical level, biomarkers might prove helpful. In their clinical research manuscript, Plasma Concentration of Serotonin is a novel biomarker for coronary microvascular dysfunction in patients with suspected angina and unobstructive coronary arteries, Hiroaki Shimokawa and colleagues from Tohoku University Graduate School of Medicine in Sendai, Japan, examined the potential usefulness of plasma concentration of serotonin to diagnose coronary microvascular dysfunction in patients with suspected angina and non-obstructed coronary arteries. To that end, they investigated 198 patients who underwent intracoronary acetylcholine tests and measured plasma serotonin concentrations. Coronary microvascular dysfunction was defined as myocardial lactate production without or prior to the occurrence of epicardial coronary spasm during the acetylcholine test. Although no statistical difference in plasma concentration of serotonin was noted between patients with vasospastic angina and non-vasospastic angina, they were increased by 38% in patients with microvascular dysfunction compared with those without it. Among the four groups classified per the presence or absence of vasospastic angina and microvascular dysfunction, serotonin concentration was highest in patients with vasospastic angina and microvascular dysfunction. Importantly, there was a positive correlation between plasma serotonin concentrations and baseline TIMI frame count, a marker of coronary vascular resistance. The classification and regression tree analysis showed that plasma serotonin concentration of 9.55 nanomoles per liter was the first discriminator to stratify the risk for the presence of microvascular dysfunction. In multivariable analysis, serotonin concentrations greater than the cutoff value had the highest odds ratio of 2.63 in predicting microvascular dysfunction. Thus, Shimokawa and colleagues conclude that plasma concentration of serotonin may be a novel biomarker for coronary microvascular dysfunction in patients with angina and non-obstructive coronary arteries. These novel findings are further discussed in an editorial by Paul Van Hoot from the University of Hong Kong. Traditional prognostic risk assessment in patients undergoing non-invasive imaging is based upon a limited selection of clinical risk scores and imaging findings. Machine learning can consider a greater number of complexity of variables, a concept that has been applied to the diagnosis of classical coronary artery disease by Peter Slomka and colleagues from the Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles, California, USA, in their clinical research paper entitled 
machine learning for prediction of all-cause mortality in patients with suspected coronary artery disease, a five-year multicenter prospective registry analysis. They investigated the feasibility and accuracy of machine learning to predict five-year all-cause mortality in 10,030 patients undergoing coronary computed tomographic angiography, or CT, and compared the performance to existing clinical or CT metrics. 25 clinical and 44 CT parameters were evaluated, including segment stenosis score, segment involvement score, modified Duke index, number of segments with non-calcified, mixed or calcified plaques, age, sex, gender, standard cardiovascular risk factors, and Framingham risk score. Machine learning involved automated feature selection by information gain ranking, model building with a boosted ensemble algorithm, and tenfold stratified cross-validation. Overall, 745 patients died during five-year follow-up. Machine learning exhibited a higher area under curve compared to the Framingham risk score or CT severity scores alone for predicting all-cause mortality. The authors conclude that machine learning combining clinical and coronary computed tomographic angiography data predicted five-year all-cause mortality better than existing clinical or coronary computed tomographic angiography metrics alone. These provocative findings are critically discussed in an editorial by Paul Schoenhagen from the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio, USA. Besides imaging and current cardiovascular risk factors, microRNAs have emerged as novel biomarkers. Better risk stratification for future coronary events is of considerable interest because of the potential to guide secondary preventative therapies, particularly with the advent of highly effective but expensive PCSK9 inhibitors. In a basic science article entitled Circulating microRNAs strongly predict cardiovascular death in patients with coronary artery disease results from the large atherogene study. Tanya Zeller and colleagues from the University Heart Center Hamburg in Germany address this issue. The serum concentrations of eight candidate microRNAs, 19A, 19B, 132, 143P, 142, 5P, 150, 186, and 210, were measured in a cohort of 1,112 patients with documented coronary artery disease, including 430 patients with ACS and 682 patients with stable angina pectoris. Cardiovascular death was the main outcome measure. During a median follow-up of four years, most microRNAs reliably predicted cardiovascular death in ACS patients. Cox regression analyses indicated that per one standard deviation increase, in particular MIR-132 with a hazard ratio of 2.85, MIR-143P with a hazard ratio of 2.88, and MIR-210 with a hazard ratio of 3.10, precisely predicted cardiovascular death. Circulating MIR-132, MIR-143P, and MIR-210 clearly improved various model performance measures, including C-statistics. 
the authors conclude that this, the largest study so far in evaluating the prognostic value of circulating microRNAs, shows that single microRNAs derived from peripheral blood predict mortality in secondary prevention settings and thereby represent valuable biomarkers for risk estimation in coronary artery disease. The potential value of these findings is evaluated in a thoughtful editorial by Christian Weber from the Ludwig Maximilians Universität in Munich, Germany. In a complementary study, albeit with a case control approach, corroborating the prognostic value of microRNAs after ACS, Jakob and colleagues from the Charité in Berlin and the Center for Molecular Cardiology in Zurich evaluated in their brief communication profiling and validation of circulating microRNAs for cardiovascular events in patients presenting with ST-segment elevation myocardial infarction, based on a multicenter prospective ACS cohort with 1,002 out of 2,168 patients presented with ST-segment elevation myocardial infarction, or STEMI, similar results. 63 STEMI patients experienced an adjudicated major cardiovascular event, or MACE, as defined as cardiac death or recurrent myocardial infarction within one year. From a microRNA profiling in a matched derivation case control cohort, 14 microRNAs were selected for validation. Comparing 63 cases versus 126 controls, three microRNAs were significantly differently abundant in patients with MACE, while MIR26B5P levels were decreased. Those of MIR320A and MIR660-5P levels were increased. MIR26B5P has been suggested to prevent adverse cardiomyocyte hypertrophy, whereas MIR320A promotes cardiomyocyte death and apoptosis, and MIR665P has been related to active platelet production. This suggests that MIR26B5P, MIR320A, and MIR660-5P may reflect alterations of different pathophysiological pathways involved in clinical outcome after ACS. Consistently, these three microRNAs reliably discriminate cases from controls in an age and sex-adjusted Cox regression for MIR26B5P, MIR665P, and MIR320A. The combination of these three microRNAs further increased the area under the curve, or AUC. Importantly, addition of these three microRNAs to both the Global Registry of Acute Coronary Events, GRACE, score, and a clinical model increased AUC further from 0.679 to 0.720 and 0.722 to 0.732, respectively with a net reclassification improvement of 0.20 in both cases. These findings suggest that the release of specific microRNAs into the circulation may reflect the activation of molecular pathways that impact on clinical outcome after STEMI. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.